0: Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing.
1: The
2: people. The
0: jockeys. The
2: horses. The gate's open now. They're off and racing.
0: Time now for Punter's Postmortem.
2: Have a look at
0: this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punter's Postmortem
3: on Sky Sports Radio. Dave Stanley, Ron Dovercy and Dean Lester with you this morning. Uh, We'll have Glenn Munsey back next week. Of course, a big weekend of racing and it's going to be that uh, way and and that saying for many weeks to come as uh, these carnivals start to really heat up not only in Sydney town but also in Melbourne. We're going to take plenty of calls on the open line today. Fingers crossed. 13... 5353 53 is that open line number if you'd like to get involved. The text line, uh, which you can send your questions in to Dino or Duff, is 0419 767 272. We'll go straight to Dean Lester. He is down in our Melbourne studio. Morning, Dino. Morning, Dave. What did you make of the racing on the weekend, mate?
4: Uh, look, we had a good meeting Friday night at Mooney Valley uh, With the Australia Stakes probably down on numbers But still a good winner, a Group 1 winner uh, in Streets of Avalon getting the job done And uh, Saturday was a basically a restricted meeting But the highlight might have been in the first race with a really smart two-year-old in Arturias, uh yeah. Putting his hand up maybe for the longer two-year-old races later in the season Yeah,
3: it wasn't a very impressive win too And he, he seemed to sort of be overdoing it a little bit at the back And just the, the way he finished off was very impressive
4: yeah, exactly right, and uh, yeah, you know, he he might be uh, a player come uh, you know the group ones later in the season.
3: Duff will be joining us uh, very, very soon, Ron Duffey, to look at the Sydney uh, meeting. It was a wonderful start for the Freedman family. You had Anthony and Sam winning the first there at Sandown. The first at Randwick was won very impressively by Richard and Michael with stay inside. We'll get Duff's thoughts a little bit later on on Sky Sports Radio today. We'll have Goulburn previews and Armadale for New South Wales, and then of course we've been to our harness uh, shows and well, then of course the whip around and some more interviews. So we've got plenty coming up. You don't want to go anywhere, Dino. While we wait for Duff uh firstly were you disappointed with the Australian stakes in years gone by we've seen that uh, race you know we, we stopped the tennis one night for black caviar remember where are all our sprinters
4: uh well we've had a uh probably we've probably watered them down a bit here by having you know friday night the uh australia stakes tomorrow we've got the adams stakes uh, last week we had the kensington stakes uh had yeah, the what the carrington up there uh just seems to be a real, real clutter of, uh, you know, of races all close together and uh, the Australia Stakes, you know, often was, you know, the, the lead the lead into the Oars Stakes, but so many horses go into the Oars Stakes first up now. So it's uh, the way trainers have changed their routine a bit um, and, you know, uh, you know, I would think that uh, come the Oars Stakes, we'll have a field of 14 and I would have said in days gone by six or seven of those would have lined up in a uh in a um, Australia Stakes. But that was the old William Reed or when the William Reed was at that time of year. Um and you you watch those old replays of Manicato, and there's often only five or six in those as well. So it, it's not a, a new phenomenon. It, it's just that uh, yeah it's it was uh it's all right when there's six when there's black caviar or Manicato, but when it's you know Virodine's your headline act, he's a really nice horse but he's not he's not the one drawing crowds.
3: Yeah do you think that and I know look obviously it's it might be a discussion for another time and it could go on for hours and hours uh, and there's obviously that that political aspect of our racing game with different states and what they want to do but do you think we need to really all sit down together and and work out because it seems like we've got a some races that uh, you know deserve to be um, of, of a high status some that maybe don't do we need a whole big rechange in schedules?
4: I think so. I, I think some races have got to be uh, you know, considered. Are they, uh, you know, can they be justified going forward uh, or, or where their positioning is? Uh, as you said, it would be great if if they could work together and, and that's not, uh, that's not. see, I don't have a problem with, uh, say, so a race like the Everest because I, I think it basically fits into to the sprinting um, calendar, pantheon. Yeah. With, yeah, with the exception yeah. maybe of the Manicato stakes, but that, you know, that was the decision of Mooney Valley Racing Club to move it. It used to be late August, mid September, and they've moved it into there. So I don't really have a problem with that sort of scenario. But there's there there is a lot of races with uh, status that uh, you know, may maybe struggling to to hold that status going forward. I mean that race, it's got to be uh, you know it did have a Group One winner win it on Friday night, but whether it can uh, hold Group Two status for much longer, I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, fair point. And if you've got some text or thoughts on that, give us a call, thirteen fifty three fifty three, 53 the open line number. Ron he joins us now. Morning, Duff. Yeah, good morning, guys. Mate, uh, we were just talking about the impressive win um, in Melbourne in the first from the Anthony and Sam Friedman Artorias. What about uh, stay inside? It was impressive to win the first for Richard and Michael. The Friedmans had a good start to the day on Saturday.
5: Yeah, and they've had a good uh, good start with these extreme choice uh, horses because they're two two-year-old winners, Tiger and Malay, and Stay Inside have both been by extreme choice. So... Uh, I'm suggesting they're looking at all those horses at the trials. But, uh, yeah, he was a really professional win. He was a little bit green in his trials, but he's just come on and on. And um, he landed some good bets late. He just kept continuing to firm uh, from Mm. the morning of the race. And um, that was proven correct because he got a nice run through the middle there. But uh, I like the way he really finished off at the end of the 1,000 metres there, indicating that, you know, he's going to really get to 1,400 in time.
1: Yeah, I think he
3: was 12-7 on the NOP. And What did you make of Arthur Francis? Because it was 360 out to 550. Um, you were there with uh, Gav and Lizzie. Was, was, was Lizzie sort of, um, you know, did she say anything about the yard? Did he Was he sweating up? Um, was there a reason, you think, for the drift?
5: Oh, I think, well, on the coverage, as soon as we saw him, I said he couldn't win. Um, and so did Lizzie, because... He was a real cult, you know, what cults do, and Mm. uh, they don't win often. Um, So a total forgive run from him, whether it's uh, just the first day out at the races that he got excited, or maybe he's a candidate for a gelding operation, I don't know. But we know he's talented, but I'm convinced that you just forget he went round, and uh, if you want to back him next time in the immediate future, don't bet till you see him in the yard. 56.89
3: 56.89 was the uh, the time I'm On a good four with that rail out And that last 634.10 Is this a horse that we can put in uh, the higher category Of when, when one we're going to see over the Carnival As a two year old?
5: I don't know I, I think okay. we'll get another look at him um, uh, Just Let's just have another look at him And do, that'll tell us the depth of the race Because I think we've got some nice two year olds around at the moment But you can add him to the list And you can only win And he, he won running away And um, as far as these times concerned, I, 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 I don't know how we assess that. So on, on a day, we had a nine-metre rail... And I, I, I've got to wrap these tracks over the summer, and I'm always looking for bias. and I haven't found some in town for a long time as Saturday meetings, anyway. Put it that way. So, going to the race of Saturday, I thought, oh, just be, although there's a little bit of history to say it would be all right, um, on occasions you think, oh, it, it, it could be mad leaders here. Look, it was an advantage to be on the speed as, as it normally is, but um, I, I thought every horse had their chance there on Saturday.
3: Well, that's where I was going to go. So, you've answered that question. Gino, I might ask you about the Sandown track just for partners that were assessing it, going, moving forward, doing former. How did you assess the way Sandown
4: played? Look, I thought it played pretty well. The jockeys seemed to want to get off the rail sort of from midway through the day and I think they read that you know, maybe a bit prematurely because it was uh, the staying race, after the staying race, they wanted to get off the rail when Stars of Caram and Bartholomew Dias got run down late, but they went very early and uh, I wouldn't say it was the track that beat them. They just went. They went at each other from a long way out, and uh, we saw later in the day a couple that were forced back to the inside and at good odds run really well. So I'd say the track played well. There was no disadvantage getting down the centre, but that's sand and hillside, so no, it played well.
5: So, you know, just explain to me. Look, I sit there every Wednesday and watch this. The lake must be the lakeside track, and you can't get past a runner. And then it's a whole different complexion with this hillside track. I, I feel every horse that seems to get their chance on that, where it's, a, it's as an outsider looking in without, you know, pulling it apart too much. Uh, some of those Wednesday races, it's very hard on that lakeside track.
4: Yeah, well, it's a. The, the MRC won't admit to it, but they when they made the two tracks they made the straight a lot wider and what they did was got rid of the steeple lane on the inside or the steeple grass and so they widened it to the inside so that last bit of the turn hooks down to the inside and uh you know when you're watching rail true sand down lakeside if you watch the old replays of Sandown, they're actually racing sort of rail true on the steeple track so it's very tight that last bit of the bend when lakeside plays nearly fair. It's when the rail's at about seven meters when the, the turns are a little bit more gradual, but, uh, Hillside's at nearly a hundred meter longer straight. It's a different turn. It's a different dynamic of race. They ride it differently. Um, it's, it's just a better track. I think they had a great track and they've made an ordinary track and a, a and a handy track. So I, I think, you know, dividing the two tracks hasn't been for the benefit of Sandown.
3: What did you make? Uh, we spoke about that uh, Bartholomew Dias uh, race. Um, was that a balls-up from those two, um, just going at each other like they did? I mean, can you if you backed either of those horses, can you back them next start? Can you put a line through, sadly?
4: Yeah. Uh, look, it was, a, it was an interesting race because there looked absolutely no pace on paper. Peter Moody came out in the morning and said, you know, I've assessed this, there's no pace. Oh, I'm going to go forward with the Stars of Caram. Bartholomew Diaz, Jamie Carr, just tried to get him to come back, and there was a very late gear change with him. He went from visors to blinkers, and I think they wish that they'd had the visors on. I think he was just too keen in the blinkers, and then you got that you got that tempo created. And they've, look, they've only got run down the last 50 meters, but it was uh, it was put on for those run on horses to get over the top. Uh, I I could have something. He's a Terrible strike rate horse, but I think Peter Moody's got Stars of Carrum going really well, and there's a staying race for him in the not-too-distant future.
3: Duff, plenty of texts about uh, all-time legend in the last um, at at Ramwick on Saturday, race 10, the quarter past six. If if you waited all day to uh, to launch at the favourite, um, you didn't really get a run for your money. Uh, Do you think, firstly, the horse... Would have won um, with clear air. And do you think him being up on speed is, is, is the way to go, or do you think it would be better maybe ridden a little bit even more quiet on the satellite?
5: Um, look, I can't complain. He would have won. No, there's, there's no doubt about it. He would have won with clear running. I've got no doubt about that. And it might have been a length or more uh, that he won by. Look, he, he, he probably is a better chaser, but. You, from barrier one, what do you want to do? Mm. You know, what do you want to do? I think even mid-race, well, even after 300 metres, you thought, um, well, he's got to lead again. And then Karen, well, Soldier of Love showed some intent. And I, you can't blame Karen for wanting to take a sit, considering the talk prior to the race saying he's a better chaser. Um, in retrospect, maybe he shouldn't have, uh, but that's easier to say after the race. So uh, uh, just one of those racing incidents where, you know, they just didn't open up. He, the, the horse is well supported. He should have won, and uh, it's as simple as that.
3: We will take a break on uh, Punners Post Morning. When we return, we're going to hopefully have some of your calls. Give us a call now if you'd like to ask the fellas anything. thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number. We'll also get some uh, some text on the text line.
0: Hi, this is Mark Olmas. Going Greyhounds is fresh in 2021. Join me at 10.30 on Tuesday morning for half an hour of all things Greyhound Racing. At 10.45 on Thursday, we'll bring you the latest news. 10.45 on Friday, Tim Newbold previews Wentworth Park. And 10.45 on Sunday, Tab's Jared Daffy reviews all the action. Going Greyhounds, now Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Sunday morning. Fresh on Sky Sports Radio. Hey, trainers, has your horse lost its appetite? Don't despair because there is a solution. A lack of appetite is a sure sign your horse is feeling stressed. Give them the extra support they need with Poseidon Equine Stress Paste, designed specifically for those times your horse needs that extra help. Visit poseidon-equine.com to learn how to get that horse eating again. That's poseidon-equine.com. Poseidon Equine. True health begins in the gut. Harvey Norman, Summer Sizzlers. Koda Corner Lounge Suite in Leather, just
1: $2,499. Great Australian-made value. Sleepmaker Cert Two Queen Mattress, only $299. Purchase with 60 months interest-free
0: and receive a bonus gift card up to the value of $500. Minimum finance
1: amount, $1,000, approved applicants only. 60 equal monthly payments. Interest applies if you do not comply with terms and conditions. Fees and exclusions apply. Summer Sizzlers at Harvey Norman.
3: Sky Sports Radio, racing through history.
1: After a full review of the New South Wales racing industry by Ian Temby QC in 1995, it was decided
3: to create a new independent body to oversee the management of the sport. In one of the more significant events in racing administration, the New South Wales Thoroughbred Racing Board was unveiled in 1996. By 1998, the now named Racing New South Wales had been empowered to run racing in the state, assuming the regulatory duties previously held by the AJC. Racing New South Wales has steered the industry to enormous heights for over 20 years.
1: There's history!
0: You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem.
3: Yeah, you certainly are, and it is 9.23 on this Monday morning, the 25th of January, and Sky Sports Radio, stick around. We've got a massive morning coming your way. We've got Sean online one. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we? Very good, mate. Uh, what's your question? Uh, so, you know,
5: about the, the horse, the first race at Melbourne Saturday. Will go to Blue or probably too small for
4: it for that Sorry, I couldn't hear that very well, Dave.
3: I think he's talking about the fir- the winner of the first at Sandown. I saw it, yeah. Yeah,
4: where's he going? Is that was that the question or?
3: Yeah, I think just your general thoughts on the win and and yeah, where where he's off to.
4: Look, I thought it was an outstanding win, and I, th- I know he's held in very high regard by the stable. Just whether he's sharp enough for a blue diamond, golden super, but more a sire champagne horse. And uh, Gee reminds me of his sire Flying Artie. He's just raw. He he's got a lot of talent, and uh, he won well. Didn't run much time. Uh, he only ran comparable with the uh, 64 grade, the 78 grade later in the day, ran a lot quicker. So uh, he's he's a very nice horse, but he's got a lot, still got a lot to learn.
3: Beautiful, Sean. I hope that answers everything for you, mate. You have a good day. Thanks, Thanks mate. Uh, what do you make of second slip, Dino, while we're, while we're on this Sandown meeting? I mean, Will Clarken um, produced this guy, I think they got the chocolates too, when he had that uh, run uh, recently um, at Murray Bridge when he beat mean um, It was a bit of a tip around for him. He comes out of one of these horses that Will's picked up from New Zealand. and It just goes to show we see these Woodville and Ataki races going around early in the morning, sometimes midweek, and They turn out that um, there's a bit of quality there.
4: Yeah, well, he had a a little bit of a comparable form line. He'd run third behind Gold Bracelet, or my Gold Bracelet, as she's known now. Uh, And she raced okay in the spring here without a lot of luck. So uh, they probably had a bit of a guide there. But uh, the win at Murray Bridge was good. And uh, I was really interested in an interview on Melbourne Radio through the week last week with Will, uh, who mentioned that he'd often won two or three races in Adelaide with this sort of horse and brought them to Melbourne and they were too highly weighted and graded and they were you know, missing out on good prize money. So he wasn't going to make the mistake with this horse. So it was virtually a free tip that he'll just race through the grades and uh, yeah, he he was the one that ran very good time, as I mentioned, for the 1300 and uh, I thought it was a really good win. He held off Triton Rising and actually was pulling away late. So now he's got a, a very um, very good future, I think, uh, going through the grades. He'll be a good betting option.
3: Perfect. Uh, we've got another call here. I think Old Pete's on the line. Morning, Old Pete. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Very um, good, mate.
2: 85 in April. The greatest influence ever on Australian racing was when Sir Stanley Wooden brought Star Kingdom to Australia. The kiss change, the um, well, we had lots of rangy old stars, but the um, he came come along at the same time as uh, the Golden Slipper started. He signed the first Golden Slipper winner. But prior to that... The first two horses he put down, one won the Breeders' Plate, and two days later, one won the Jim Crack Steaks. I don't think it's ever been done before or since. Mm. And like, his influence on the racing in Australia was just mammoth.
3: Thank you for your call, old Pete. Hey, just a question, uh, Dino. It's mm. a hard one. What do you reckon is Star Kingdom's uh, best son or daughter? Would it be Todman?
4: I suppose, um, but uh, yeah, the, the yes. generational. Th- yeah, the, the generation g- going on and on and on through Biscay and through, yeah, I mean his his name is uh, just in so many pedigrees. I mean, you know, he was the the forerunner to, to Danehill, Zabeel, etc. That we see in so many pedigrees today.
3: Mm. Uh, let's get back to uh, Saturday in Sandown, and we'll get to, to Duff shortly. But um, there was a lot of uh, market support around, it, it seemed, for Quantum Mechanic. And, uh, well, the Ma run runner, uh, Casino, went straight past. He's riding He's riding good form too, Lockie King.
4: It's going really well. Amazing what that, uh, that derby win's done for his confidence. He's riding... As though he belongs, sort of thing. And uh, it was, he uh, was in a bit of an awkward spot on this mare, but got through. And uh, Saturday morning, Mark Hunter was very keen on this mare and uh, he, he was spot on. And Quantum Mechanic was a classic case of it was unlucky last start when it got shuffled back, hit the line really hard, overbet because it was the unlucky runner. It hadn't turned into winks on one run. And on Saturday, the other thing they did was because it drew well, they rode it forward. And I think. When she was unlucky the other day, they may have t- should have taken that knowledge that she might be better ridden two pairs further back. And uh, she ground away, she tried hard, but I think if she'd have been back with Cansino and made that run, she might have made it interesting. So I wouldn't drop off quantum mechanic, but uh, yeah, there were just she was a classic case of just put her in your black book and back her regardless, her next start without weighing up. that the winner did have six kilos less than her.
3: Duff, um, speaking of jockeys, and uh, there was a really interesting article in Racenet. I'm not sure if you uh, guys saw it. Uh, Matt Jones and his column, he spoke with Ron Quinton. And uh, obviously, you know, what will... The main sentence was, what will the Sydney jockeys room look like in 10 to 20 years' time? And, look, we've got a fantastic Sydney jockeys room at the moment, but young kids coming through, um, take away your Tom Sherry's, uh, take away your, your Robbie Dolan's. Do we have those young apprentices coming through in Sydney, like we do in Melbourne. I mean, you see what Campbell Rowella and Will Price are doing down there. Um, extraordinary things, is it? As a, a former jockey, do you a, sort of agree with what Ronnie's saying about that we maybe need to, to have some sort of academy here in New South Wales?
5: Well, when Ronnie speaks, you've got to listen because he knows what it's all about. He's nurtured, nurtured apprentices right through since he started training, so and he's had a lot of success doing so. But this subject comes up every couple of years, and, mm. and we all agree. Um, so... Um, I don't know what the jockey's room going to look like in 10 years. I remember 10 years ago we asked the same question and it still looks pretty strong to me. Um, but you do see, I have seen the, the shift with, um, the, with the female jockeys. There's more of them, um, more uh, European riders. We've got the Irish and the English out here, which is Mark's had a few of those, and they're, they're hard workers, and, and then they get through and, and um, do it tough because they've had a good grounding. Um, it's a whole different ball game with apprentices now because you know in the old days you used to be you know living with your master and and uh, you know getting through there. Now they you know they get their money straight away and they can go out and enjoy the good life at a young age. And some of them can get off the beaten track. Uh, but that's that's, the, that's the, the times we live in these days. You know it's a it's a free world. You know you're 18. You're allowed to spend your own money. In the old days you weren't allowed to touch it until you were 21 unless you wanted to buy a house or something that got approved. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I, 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 I don't know where we're going to be sitting in 10 years. You know, I, I, it's too big of industry to say they're going to struggle because there's too much money to be earned. You just
1: mm. Look at the
5: prize money and, and the incentives for, for, for people that love the horses and, and want to learn to become a jockey. There's plenty of incentives these days.
4: Yeah. Mm. I mean, we, yeah, in Melbourne, we lost Brenton Abdallah, Nashavilla, Blake Shin to, to Sydney. But then you pick up uh, Damien Lane, Jamie Carr coming through from from other states, so uh, it's you know there's a lot of migration. Like three of our top four riders in Melbourne didn't start in Melbourne. Craig Williams is the only one. You know, Damien Oliver, Jamie Carr, Damien Lane, all from uh, interstate.
3: What about Will Price and Campbell Rilla? Now we know that Campbell's obviously going to have a, a height issue. Um, he's, a, he's a he's a taller lad, and he, he's he's um, not going to be maybe riding with us forever. He may well be, um, but. Will Price, uh, they just seem to have some very good race sense about them. Uh, what what can you tell us about them as as individuals, Dino, as you deal with them?
4: Yeah, I haven't had a lot to do with them because we've been off course for since they've come into the metropolitan area. Um, but uh, uh, certainly Campbell, uh, I think tactically he's you know good, and he's still. Working out, he's like he he looks like his dad riding them out. We know that, but yeah. Nash didn't look like that when he was a three kilo claimer, So Nash developed that, and I just hope Campbell actually de- develops his own methods, whether it's like his dad or a little bit different because he's a different build. Uh, but Will Price is the your old style jockey. He's you know 47 kilos. He's small. Uh, he looks good on them, uh, and. He really struggled when he came to town. He rode 80 winners in the bush in no time, came to town, and the first, probably first, you know, that, that winter, I thought he, he, he just didn't really get it right. But since the carnivals ended in Melbourne and the summers started, he's the one on the, the massive roll, and, you know, he, he's, uh, not afraid to back himself in front. He can get through a field. So, yeah, he's a really good rider. We've got, there, there's a few coming through, and, uh, you know, the, the, like a young rider, Madison Lloyd, she's just starting to make her way to town. And there's one on the provincials, uh, she's still climbing through in the provincials, so she won't be in town till at least winter. But a girl called Celine Gaudre rides very nicely. And uh, there's, uh, you know, there's riders coming through uh, you know, that uh, will at least sort of, uh, you know, make very good riders in time.
3: Mm, well, I guess we were talking just about 10 years ago. I mean, if I both had said to you that, you know, 10 years ago we would have. Uh, Jamie Carr, um, you know, on the currently on the Australian Metro Premiership, what um, fourth, fourth yep. on on a ladder. That that just shows how far uh, the female aspect in our sport has is risen.
4: She's fourteen in front in the Metropolitan Premiership here. Uh, in so in she's, Melbourne, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's uh, flying along, and uh, yeah, look, I, and I think uh, you know the the apprentice school here uh, has been solid over the last. You know, 20 years uh, with with good teachers, but people that have come in part time. Uh, but they've now got two full time coaches in Darren Gouchy and Alf Matthews. Now, totally different riders in their own right, so they could you know they they will impart different skills to them. But you couldn't get you know two better, uh, I think, mentors uh, going forward than than the two of those guys. And and they go to the tracks with them when they, they ride for the first time, and they walk them through the track and they might take them through videos the day before to, to say this is what you're going to be faced with riding this mm. track. So it's a really good system Racing Victoria have got in that regard.
3: Also to a text here from uh, the Gerra Hawk. Good morning, gents. Talking at good apprentices. Have a look at young Kyle Wilson-Taylor in Brisbane. Very good rider. He's going very good too, uh, Kyle Wilson. Um, Taylor, he's bobbing up and getting winners now. Uh, we've got, uh, I think, is it Fireman? Fireman. The Fireman's on the line. Morning. Morning.
6: Um, it's Jim now. I'm retired Fireman. I just want to ask Dean Lester and uh, Ronnie, we had a horse nominated tomorrow at um, Warwick Farm, and we sort of aimed at this race and were hoping to get in it. And all of a sudden, of course, we only had eight nominations. The AJ, or the racing industry, decided to join the races. So now we're racing against Colts as well, and the whole program just sort of went boom. And, you know, we pay $4,000 a month, roughly, and all of a sudden what you hope to happen
1: doesn 't happen no, just you know, I know it happens all the time, but why
4: should it, uh, I, find it I, mean, I find it frustrating um, but uh, you know they want they want numbers in fields, but uh, I think if you set for a race and you know the the rules of racing basically i don't know if they are in New South Wales, but here the if they get a quorum of five they, they run the race in Victoria, any less than five they'd delete it so if they look like they weren't going to get five, maybe they've joined them together for that reason. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, if you're set for a race and uh, you, you'd hope that uh, you get to run in it as as it stood in the calendar beforehand.
5: Yeah, I agree. It is frustrating. Uh, but um, I'd suggest the same thing. I think there is a, a policy if there's more... I don't know what the number is. might be five or under five. They delete the race. So there was a possibility that race wasn't going to go ahead. And I... Uh, I think they would have merged the race before weight, wouldn't they? I don't know. But, uh, mm. um, yeah, it, well, what can you say? It, it, it is frustrating when you are setting a horse for a race, and, and the rules change. But the, on the other side of the fence, uh, maybe there wasn't going to be a race if they didn't.
3: Mm. There, there, there was um, there was a bit of a chat about, uh, I think, the two-year-old race in Sydney on Saturday that I was surprised a few trainers that there there wasn't two two-year-old races instead of the the highways being split. But I guess that's uh, you know that's just the decision of race New South Wales, the Australian Turf Club, and um, you know listening and, and moving forward. Um, do you think we have enough two-year-old races, boys?
5: Um, I do. Uh, look, this year I think everyone there's a few people barking that there's not enough, and and, and I suppose the last few weeks maybe tells you that. But history says that uh, we we don't get many runners uh, when we have a lot of two-year-old races at this time of year, but maybe the, t- the tides have turned as far as programming is concerned and, and what trainers want to do. So that's something uh, that the trainers and, and the programming department have got They've got to get their heads together. I, I agree, maybe that, that two-year-old race should have been the one split, not the highway, because those highways have a lot of dual acceptors. You know, it looks a big field, and um, a lot of them are accepting Friday, Sunday, Monday, you know, for other races as well. And you usually get a few scratchings in the highway, uh, so it can be misleading with the, the, the amount of nominations where the two-year-olds you would have thought they they nearly all should have run. But that's just that's just nitpicking. Um, mm. Maybe that two-year-old race should have been split on Saturday because of the nine-metre rail and only 13 runners were allowed.
3: We'll take a break. Uh, we've got Mark uh, who's been patiently waiting. Mark, if you're listening, mate, just hang on for this break and we'll get you your question on the other side of this. You're on Punters Post Mortem on Sky Sports Radio with Dean Lester on Duffercy and Dave Stanley. And trainers... Has your horse lost its appetite? Don't despair because there is a solution. A lack of appetite is a sure sign your horse is feeling stressed. Give them the extra support they need with Poseidon Equine's Stress Paste, designed specifically for those times your horse needs that extra help. Visit Poseidon-Equine.com to learn how to get that horse eating again. That's Poseidon-Equine.com. Poseidon Equine. True health begins in the gut.
0: On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic reports.
1: If you're driving home from holidays, please take care. Remember, don't use your mobile phone illegally. Always buckle up and slow down and plan regular breaks along the way. Strathfield, Liverpool Road at Wallace Avenue, a truck accident eastbound left-hand lane. Zetland, Southern Cross Drive at Link Road, a car break down southbound left-hand lane and ride, a truck broken down Lane Cove Road, a Goulding Road northbound in that left-hand lane. This Australian Day weekend, fantastic furniture offering free Metro delivery on all of their online-only items. Visit Fantastic Furniture online, hurry offer ends tomorrow. I'm Silvio on Sky Sports Radio.
3: Favourites impending. Red light is on. Gates
4: open racing.
0: A son of champion Lonro from dual group one winner Nemeson.
2: Impeccably red.
0: Impending's the one
4: too classy.
2: He raced in all the big races against all the good horses. Impressive.
0: Impending's won the strap
3: break from in her time and clearly innocent. Impending and before the photo, Chataqua or Rock Magic, or clearly innocent, then Vega Magic, Super Cashmere, Queer a man from
2: Uncle. Imagine winning the Everest, the Golden Slipper, Size Produce, Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas, Darley Sprint Classic, Lightning Steaks, Stradbroke. Impending, first yearlings at the sales now.
0: This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, it is Punter's Postmortem.
3: You're with Dean Lester and Ron Davisi, uh and also Dave Stanley here. And it is 9.39. We've got Mark on the line. Morning, Mark.
6: Morning, boys. How are we? Very good. Mate, just to touch a bit more about the apprentice jockey thing, if I can. I like a punt and I'll punt anywhere, as in you know, all the races in New South Wales especially. And there's three or four apprentices. Uh, I don't think we need to have. Firstly, I don't think we need to have a school or whatever. We just got to watch the jockeys that ride in the air areas, like your uh, Dylan Gibbons, like your uh, Tyler Schillers, like your uh, Josh Richards, and of course the gentleman that texted earlier, one of the best jockeys. Unfortunately, a, a new South Welshman that's gone to Queensland that's absolutely killing them at the moment in Kyle Wilson Taylor. Hmm. Now these guys can ride. They're not just somebody that's been here yeah, for a little while. I watched Dylan Gibbons a few weeks ago in a race at Tari against Brendan Abdullah with Siesta Key, and he was riding a, a sure price favourite. Now, anybody goes and watches that replay of that race, especially the last 200 metres, and watch how good Dylan Gibbons really is. Yes, I know he's young and whatever, but he's also very heavy. I just don't want to see wasted talents like him not getting a chance in the metropolitan area, who can definitely ride, um, having to leave because of, because of that. So you don't need the school, I don't think. You've just got to make a, a chance to get, bring, bring these jockeys on. Oh, Josh Richards is a fantastic jockey. But he just Because he, he's a predestine down there. We're not going to see him up the metropolitan area. He might get one ride in the highway now and then. But he can appreciate, ride. He's got great pre- balance.
3: Appreciate your call, Mark. Um, uh, I remember chatting with Mark Newnham Duff um, about this, and it was actually on air, and we were talking about Tom Sherry, and it was when Tom Sherry was riding in those sort of country and provincial areas, and, and he was dominating, and he kept saying, well, when's he coming to town, when's he coming to town, surely now, and Mark said, no, 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 we're, we're taking our time with Tom, and, and then when Tom started in town, I, he had a couple of opportunities, I remember there was, the name alludes me, but he rode a horse, I think on the Kenzo, and he was bottled up, and yeah. it was a slaughter, and even he came out and said, yep, look, it wasn't my best ride, and it, it, Mark then sort of said afterwards, well, I'm glad that sort of happened, because I think Tom had the, the, the thought, like a lot of young blokes said, oh, this will, you know, this will be a walk in the park, but sort of to get knocked down and then come back up like he has, has been very impressive.
5: Yep, there's a a fine line of coming to town too soon with these these kids in the bush, you know, and, and, you know, let's face it, um, young Gibbons hasn't been riding that long and he has set a big... uh, He's, he's created a big impression with his with his riding, and as there's this young, you know, Reese Jones and a few others there, and, and, and there's a time, maybe when they ride their, you know, out their country claim, that's the time to come to town. But then it's up to their their masters to to, to, to give them a free rein and say, well, well you know, you can go on loan, for, you know, six months and see if you like it in town. You can if you can handle, the, you know, the, the work of the big smoke, and and I think our our leading trainers have got to get behind them oh. as well. Um, you know, we've got some big stables and it's hard when you've got big owners who don't want apprentices on. They want senior your, your McDonald's and Bowman's on all the time and, and it makes it hard for apprentices at certain times of the year. But... Uh, Yep, yeah, I think Mark makes good points. Uh, we've we've got to identify talent, and uh, and their bosses have got to be, you know, they've got to be thinking of their boys' future and saying, well, you know, you've outridden your claim in the country. I can't help you too much more. Uh, do you want to have a go at town? And so, I yeah. uh, I think that's where we're 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 lacking a bit. You know, we sometimes you know you see good apprentices in the country, and that's where they stay. Um, but we've got to identify who is. Uh, should come to town, and if it's the right time for them, more importantly. Mm. Dino, you were going to mention something before?
4: Uh, no, no, it was when you were talking about Tom Sherry with that, uh, Yeah, that, that, you know, those first few rides. I mean, they're a distant past now, really, but uh, yeah, it's a, it is a fine line. And then the other thing is that um, adapting, if they do come to town and if they actually come to a city stable, adapting to city life and getting getting used to that and, and handling that, and as Duff said, uh, with uh, pockets full of money... Uh, which is is different to days gone by. It's uh, you know it's, it, it's a it can be a you know a big eye opener and a, a big temptation for some of them.
3: Wayne is on uh, the line. Morning, Wayne. Hey okay, boys, how you going? Very good, mate.
6: Um, there was a two year old Jay Price, won at Kembla on Saturday and it beat the old horses. But no one's mentioned it like in going forward or anything like that. I can't think of the name of it, but
5: it was a good winner. Beat the old horses pretty easy on Saturday. It's one of Ronnie's seen it. Yeah, I did see it, and uh, everyone everyone jumps up and down when a two-year-old beats the older horses. Now, I can tell you that, for, as a fact, that Joe Pride does this every year and gets away with it, and and no one's caught on with it. He he runs a you know a two-year-old that he thinks has got a little bit of ability. He tells me oh, about horses with Joe, and he says. I'm telling you, it's easier to win a maiden against the older horses than the two-year-olds at this time of year.
0: Oh, no if you,
5: go, if you go back through the records over the last five or six years, uh, Joe has been the first one to do it every year. And uh, look, they haven't been superstars; uh, they just picked the right, right maidens for them. It's as simple as that. Mm. Paper days.
4: Yeah, they can't is its do name. that down here because the two-year-olds can't race against the older horses till May one.
5: Can't they? Okay. No. So if, if, if you're ever talking to Joe Pride, Dave, you ask him about what's his theory running the two-year-olds in, in, yeah. in, in a maiden at this time of year against the older horses.
3: Yeah. It, it, speaking of Joe Pride, what, what did you make? Uh, we'll segue into uh, Duff, the run of um, Invinciano, just to have have Duller. Just the, the way he gets these horses, um, to, you know, to, to be fully ready to roll um, and just fit.
5: Yeah, well, he had a good teacher. I know we keep saying it's been a yeah. while now. Uh, but uh, Vinciano has just been obviously loves to lead and loves dry tracks and he hasn't had a proper dry track this preparation and there's a lot of you know, guts about that win because he did plenty of work and I if he raced there I would have thought, Boy, these back are gonna come into play late here and they didn't and you know, the on pace horses stuck on. Um Yep, uh, you know, and Joe's other the um, his other asset is that he can, when he gets a nice horse, he can, boy, he can string some wins together with them. Mm. He, he's a master at placement, holding their form and putting four or five wins together.
3: We've got another caller on the line here. Um, I think we've got Jimmy. Morning, Jimmy. G'day, David. How are you, mate? Very good,
1: mate. You've got to give it to Jay Pride. He's just one step ahead of everybody else. Good luck to the bloke, you know? Good thinking. Um, uh, what I'm ringing up about is uh, to Dean of mainly. Dean, who does the videos for the jump-outs at Caulfield and in Melbourne? We had a horse racing down there, or Barry trial and whatever you want to call it, jump-out the other week. It was a 12, uh, They ran from the 1,200 down to the 400 at Caulfield. Now, did somebody do it with a handy cam or a telephone, the video? Because we still can't work out which is our horse. And it is absolutely pathetic. It really is bad. When you, it's, it's amateurish. It's a professional sport to have such an amateurish visual cameras uh, uh, of this trial
4: pathetic. I'd say that about some of the jump-outs. I would have certainly agreed with you. I wouldn't have... uh, I've never really had a problem with Caulfield or Flemington, though, but uh, Cranbourne and uh, some of the others, uh, yeah, they're they're filmed with a very uh, shaky uh, phone cam, I reckon, but uh, I'm surprised you you had trouble with the Caulfield ones because I I don't really have a drama there. But, um, yeah, it's certainly... When it's you're not ideal, to
1: and you're trying to have a punt. How are you supposed to see if you don't look after your owners and your punters? Well, you have got no racing.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm saying I, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with them. But I take it. Yeah, you know, if you do, that's 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 not good enough because you're you're a uh, paying customer.
3: Will they ever change that, Dino, down there? Will they ever make it uh, more like other states that uh, there's got to be more visual and more official stuff?
4: Oh well, <laughs> yeah. I look. I, I think. Uh, and uh, we've been stopped a bit by, um, COVID. We've had no official trials, barely, yeah. uh, since, you know, for a long time. But look, the jump outs, uh, I, I think they've, well, I think they've come a long way, but obviously our, our caller doesn't. But, uh, yeah, I, um, I don't know how much more they're going to do with, I mean, all tracks, that, like you have jump outs in Sydney. Mm. They're just not, a, you know, they're not the official trials. They'll, they'll have jump outs to teach them to jump and run. and I know they do. So uh, that's, that's basically all these are. Um,
5: I, think, I think the problem with our people with jump outs in Melbourne is sometimes, and I, I fell for the trick as well, there's a little box you can tick where underneath and then the field comes up. So some people miss that. And yeah. They, don't, they, think, they think there's no field. but
4: Yeah, you just sort of click on show more. That's and it, it shows the colours and, and the names of your opposition.
5: Well, it took me 12 months to work that out. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's where everyone gets caught when they're looking up the Flemington jump-outs or the yeah. Caulfield jump-outs. There, uh, there is a box there that says show more and then you'll get the field with the colours.
4: Yeah, um, well, the actual Flemington website now, like I mean, what you're describing is the YouTube link on Flemington, um, but they also have it on the Flemington website where it comes up and it's it's a proper graphic and you couldn't miss them if you tried so yeah it's um yeah they they've improved their delivery of the jump outs by a fair bit but uh yeah I'm surprised that they're the two examples I, I have a lot of trouble with the cramp vision um but uh yeah not so much the other two
3: now I think we've got uh, Kurt uh with us this morning morning Kurt morning boys how are you all very good that's the way I'll just stick up for the jump
2: outs uh, just real quick um there's that many there's no way they could get professional cameramen to everywhere. Hamilton, Horsham, Ballarat, Burrenby, Caulfield, Flemington, blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, there's no way. So I think yeah. they're just doing the best they can. And like you said, Ron, that thing that you found, you know, it took
5: me a while as well, but it's 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 there. Yeah. Yeah, and we got to face it, Melbourne don't have anywhere near the barrier trails we have. So it's mainly jump out orientated. uh whether that's an owners' cost thing, I don't know. Um, which I'm all for saving money on, on, on you know, on, on, on anything you can save money you can save for the owners is a, is a bonus. Uh, considering fees these days, but uh, they they'd have, you know, wouldn't have ten percent of the trials we have, even less than that.
2: Yeah. Now, Ronnie.
5: Yes, Kurt. Mate,
2: this millennium coming up, this is grouse, mate. Honestly, I've been banging on about this horse, Ronnie. I've taken 15 and 320 for nice for what? The horse that run um, second in the Ottawa Stakes, they the Group 3. I reckon this race, the Group 3, that Ottawa Stakes, is a bit underrated. Um, plus, Doshi's going around tomorrow who won that, so I'll get a good guide with that. Uh, Fake Love, that run fourth in the um, Ottawa come out and just lost the the Callaway girl. And um, I saw fake gloves jump out before I was going to race in Queensland, and there was nothing wrong with her, mate. So I can't believe the price for this horse, Ronnie. And um, <laughs> these horses in the field, Ronnie, do you know what's cemented and what's not for the millennium? No, I, I don't know what's going to run in it, um, at Kurt. So I'm confused, what... Ronnie, because there's blue diamonds, and I would have thought... Though they're not there tomorrow. So if they're not in the preludes or pre previews, what they, whatever they're called, tomorrow, I've got a good feeling that this field that's in the pre-market could be nearly the field, Ronnie, for the
5: millennium. It's unbelievable. Well,
4: Profiteers yeah. going.
5: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, look, nice for what uh, did trial, I think, at Werribee on, in January. So if the, the timing is right for for her to run in it for for Karen. Um any any thoughts on that look that's a strong enough race, Dino, isn't it? That Dosh race
4: that it comes out of? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Dosh goes tomorrow. I thought she trialed okay recently at sandem but it was way too fresh. So I think probably the timing for her is that she'll peak Blue Diamond Day. So I wouldn't, you know, be totally uh distraught if she was beaten tomorrow. Um looking at as uh, as Kurt said, fake uh, fake love ran fourth and we haven't had many others uh, out of the race run, so uh, you know the the actual figures of the race were only just fair on the day. But it was a soft track, so uh, yeah, a little bit hard to get a gauge. But uh, yeah, we, I'm looking forward to seeing where Dosh fits in tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and, and Ronnie? yes, yes, good. Libertini, I can't wait to see her back. This is just me plotting out what I think Anthony's you know might do. Would this be the trail, maybe, you reckon? Galaxy, TJ, and maybe Dubin 10,000 now with their rescheduled carnival up there, Ron?
5: Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking with her. They've, they've given her plenty of time, and she hasn't been over-raced over the past 12 months, and we know how talented she is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, Anthony and and, and uh, Jerry think uh, what might be her, her proper target. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure... Um, they would be some obvious races for her, or, you know, a sharp filly like her or a sharp mare like her now.
3: Mm, I think Brisbane is on the cards. Uh, nothing set in concrete, but from chatting with Lukey McDonald, uh, they're going to um, assess how she goes, but um, she apparently has thrived in a, in a time off. Thanks for the call, Kurt. Uh, we'll move on uh, about Bandersnatch here. Um, gee, Tommy's riding in good form. And I think the one thing too, Duff, um, which was, was mentioned about on the, on the coverage and was also mentioned last week that whilst it was Tommy's birthday last week it's also one of the hardest days of his life obviously with with the, the loss of his brother um so we all you know say happy birthday but it's not so much a happy birthday for Tommy but jeezy's riding in good form
5: yeah look he's uh he's at the top of his game he's um he's hungry um he's consistent and uh yeah he, he had a nice book of rides there on Saturday. And. And uh, did a good job riding through. Mark Caddo, he kept in touch, um, you know, short of his best distance. He, he read the play on 1st of May and he was terrific on Bendis. That's just nudging the big horse passage of time out of the road at the right time to give himself clear running. So. Um, he made all the right moves, and and um, that's after riding a, a winner or two on the Friday night as well. So, mm. um, yep, yep, he's riding for a lot of trainers, getting lots of opportunities. It's not going to be easy for him to to hold off like someone with, with Mac, like McDonald for a premiership because he's uh, he's just got so much firepower, McDonald, um, as far as attracting the right rides at the right time. But uh, Tommy's there; he would be Johnny on the spot if. Uh, if uh, any opportunities arise, and he's having a really good season,
3: they have broken away these two in regards to that sort of premiership betting. I know. Look, JMac is a dollar thirty-three to win the Sydney's Jockey Premiership. Uh, Tommy Berry is at three dollars, but he's he's hung. You're, you're right about that that hunger. That's the right word with with Tommy, and he genuinely believes, from talking to him privately, that he can win the premiership.
5: Well, he, he, like I say, he's got desire. He's, got, mm. he's trying to make it happen, and he's going everywhere. I uh, think he's even going to narrow to ride Arkado in the country championship heat, and he went to Maruya last week or somewhere. Uh, so he, he's not cuddling himself, that's for sure. He's keeping himself active and, uh, and very, very busy. So that's the routine he likes, and he's having a bit of success doing it.
3: We mentioned Jamie Carr before, Dean. Now, just on the Melbourne Jockeys Premiership, Jamie... A dollar forty to be winning the Melbourne Jockeys Premiership. Do you think that um, she would be any danger of losing unless there was something you know uh, terrible to happen, whether it be an injury or a suspension or something like that?
4: Well, the one that'll come out of the pack is Craig Williams because it's always a priority with him. But uh, he's eighteen
3: dollars. He's eighteen dollars, Craig Williams.
4: Yeah, he's a fair way back, but uh, he has missed a little bit of time with uh, having to quarantine and things and, and uh, miss out on a bit of summer racing but he always has a big June and July every year uh, so he's uh, you know I think Damien, Oliver Damien Lane will follow the carnivals uh, if uh, travel allows it. Uh, Jamie Carr's said that she's you know pretty keen to win the premiership and uh, that unless it was something really special to take her away from Melbourne she'd be staying pretty much in Melbourne so uh, yeah I think yeah, she's a deserved short price favourite, but uh, the little little outlier might be Craig Williams. He uh, he always makes mm. a big run at it.
3: There you go, punters. If you keen for a little flutter, Duff.
5: Uh, Dino, obviously, well tomorrow we got the Day Racing. Them, but Obviously, the most exciting thing is these previews. Have you have, you have a had have time to look at them yet?
4: Yeah, I've done them, uh, Duff. I think uh, I think the race brigade uh, pretty much have it in both divisions. I would say there's. I think there's one first starter in both that uh, I'd be keeping an eye on, but the Colts, I think General Bow and Extreme Warrior are the two. General Bow won our very first two-year-old race. Uh, he looks to have matured up, and he's a fast horse, and the Elton Zara team are very good at recognising these horses for these races. They've done it well in the past. Extreme Warrior was very impressive, beating Dosh in that jump out I mentioned at Sandown. Uh He's going well, and the first starter there worth watching is Midwest. I don't know if he's sharp enough, but uh, he does go very well. And uh, the Phillies, I think uh, the best chances are certainly Frost Frost Flowers, I think, a very good Philly and hard to beat. We've spoken about Dosh, and the the pick of the first starters there is a Philly called Vivian. Uh, She ran second behind Anthahar at uh, the Werribee Trials. And while Santa Hart did it very easily, so did Vivian. She went very nicely. And, uh, again, an Alton Zara, a two-year-old. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's how I'll be playing the uh, those two races.
3: Just just on uh, Caulfield tomorrow, Dino, we, we there was a stack of money around for Heart of um, Poissons uh, yep. in, for Sandown on Saturday. I think we took, like, a twelve or $14,000 bet, the tab, when markets first opened. Now, obviously, we was scratched from Saturday... Goes around uh, tomorrow in that 1400 meter benchmark 70 to win the day. Uh, should, if you were thinking about backing it on Saturday, should we be backing it tomorrow. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, well, I wasn't thinking of backing him Saturday. Um, I, I think uh, he dines out on a really good run in the Sandown Guineas. Uh, the autumn didn't work out well for him. He's had problems since. His recent trials have been okay. Uh, Look, he's a chance, but, um, I just want to see him actually do it now. I just, I think the hype's a little bit more than what he's actually done to date. So, uh, be interested to see him tomorrow, especially at Caulfield. He thought he had a better chance at Sandown Hillside.
3: All right, Duff, uh, horses to follow for our punters, mate.
5: Uh, look, I think a couple just off the beaten track for easier races. Out of the highway, the first highway, Shelby 66. I know Art Caddo deserves all the accolades for winning that race, but Shelby 66 has more scope for improvement than most there, and he'll be looking for 1,400 metres. I thought he looked in outstanding order with improvement to come and hit the line. And, you know, we had four... 1,100-metre races in a row there, and the, actually the highways stacked pretty well up with the time. So I think there's um, sh- uh merit in following Shelby 66. And um, Orpheon, out of the 1,100-metre benchmark 72, now she's eligible for easier races, so she's a lot better filly than what her form suggests. And I think she's come back well, and uh, get her in a fast race around that benchmark, you know, um, I just benchmark 70, she'll blouse them. So Orpheum and Shelby 66 for me. Perfect. Dino, horses to follow from you.
4: Yeah, one from Friday night, Love Sensation. She was around the edges of the good fillies in the spring, failed in the 1,000 guineas, but she ran an enormous race on Friday night uh, against probably a bit of a pattern of the night, and especially that race. It was a leader's race, uh, the the Super Vobus gold race, uh, won by Yulong Command, she hit the line beautifully. Uh, there's a good series of races coming up for her. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she won one of those, like the Kevin Hayes or the Arman going forward. And from Saturday, two of the winners, but uh, I think they're still well enough graded that we'll keep following them. One was, we've mentioned, second slip, and the other one, Grinzinger Ali, because he's run well at 1,400 and 1,500, and yet I still think he's probably better at 2,000 metres. So uh, I think we can follow him for a fair bit longer this campaign.
3: Gentlemen, have a wonderful week, uh, Dino. Good luck tomorrow, and uh, if people want to uh, follow Dino's tips or jump on his socials. Find him on Twitter and um, get the late I mail. Think we're doing
4: a preview tomorrow morning with uh, Richard at oh, nine o'clock, aren't
3: we? Beautiful, outstanding public uh, holiday. Yes, it is. Actually, yes, it is. It's uh, the public holiday racing HQ tomorrow, and Duff, enjoy yeah. the week, mate, uh, and we will see you on the coverage on Saturday.
0: Thanks, guys. Terrific. That's Thanks, been. Guys.
3: That's been punters' post mortem on this Monday, the 25th. Of course, uh, Dean Lister made a good point tomorrow. Uh, racing HQ, your standard Saturday edition with Richard Haynes and full previews for Racing on Australia Day all around the country. We'll take a break. We've got uh, previews for Goulburn and Armidale coming up, and then we'll be with Brittany Graham. And-